Welcome back to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast. My name is Caitlin Harris, Policy Director for NALFA. And today, we are joined by Moha Takor, Public Engagement and Policy Associate, and Tai Coates, Campaign Media Organizer, both with the National Housing Trust. Moha and Tai, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. To start off, can you guys tell me a little bit about your background in housing? Sure. Um, so I first moved to the US, I'm actually originally from Australia, um, in 2016 um, for grad school and found that I just had a really passionate interest for housing and urban policy when I was in grad school and um, was lucky enough to intern as a policy fellow with the National Housing Trust in my second year of grad school and I guess I've sort of been hooked ever since. (laughs) Uh, And I actually uh, originally started off as a communications professional, uh, primarily worked in policy uh, and Uh, public affairs and whatnot, and eventually found my way working with the National Housing Trust, specifically on the Where We Live campaign. Um, I've learned more and more about housing as I've experienced the campaign itself, uh, and it's kind of become my bread and butter at this point. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Housing Trust, um, what the National Housing Trust does, and what sort of policies that you're focusing on these days? Yeah, so the National Housing Trust is a national nonprofit organization. We have a national presence in all 50 states as well as Washington, D.C., but we're based here in D.C. Um, and we're committed to the preservation of affordable housing. And so we're a pretty unique organization in that we do this through multiple avenues. Um, so we have our state and federal policy and advocacy work that we do. Um, we also do real estate development where we physically preserve existing affordable housing properties around the country. Um, And so we currently own or manage about 35 properties across 12 states in the District of Columbia. Um, We also do lending through our CDFI to other local nonprofits that are committed to preservation, um, as well as energy efficiency solutions. So we're promoting energy efficiency and sustainability practices, knowing that these result in healthier places for low-income residents to live, um, often reduced operational costs, resident savings, and, you know, just a general cleaner environment. And so... We do have this national presence, but so much of our work um, involves local communities and really exemplifies that affordable housing and preservation of affordable housing is both a national and local issue. Thank you. Um, So about a year ago, you launched the Where Where We Live campaign. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what the genesis of it was? Sure. Um, So today, over 11 million Americans spend over half of their income on rent. Uh, And yet affordable housing resources are scarce and under threat at the moment. Um, And so we really need to increase our public investment in affordable housing. And in order to do that, we realized at the National Housing Trust that we really needed to change the way that we advocate and the way that we talk about affordable housing. And so by doing that, we decided to expand our coalition beyond traditional housing stakeholders by unlocking and amplifying new voices and new channels in order to build awareness of housing needs. So actually in 2017, the National Housing Trust um, and Enterprise Community Partners came together hoping to elevate housing issues at the local, state and federal level um, using a grassroots campaign titled 
where will we live? Um, and so we felt that given the risks to affordable housing um, resources, that this would be a campaign that would advocate for um, affordable housing through lifting the voices of residents and community members in support of their housing resources. And so I think that one of the really big things that we really focus on with this campaign is storytelling. Uh, this really integrates the voices and experiences of the residents into everything that we're already doing right now. Uh, we already know that affordable housing is a crisis, um, but this takes this beyond the facts, figures, and numbers, and this kind of humanizes uh, our entire effort so that way people really do understand that this isn't just a political issue, this is also a personal issue mm -hmm. too. And so we really believe that storytelling can help achieve this and reframe the narrative around affordable housing. And so is the campaign actually videos of people that you're meeting along the way? Yes. So we've actually have traveled across the country and interviewed several residents uh, about their experiences in affordable housing, how they came to need it, how it's helped them so far, and really how they see what their outlook is now that they've been able to achieve stable and affordable housing. That means that we have interviewed roughly about 160 residents, staff members, community members, and have really gotten a really broad view about oh, what wow. it actually means to live in affordable housing and how it has actually had a positive impact on people's lives. So 160 people, how, how long does that mean you were actually on the road for? <laughs> so we spent about 10 months of last year on and off mm -hmm. oh. uh, on the road. We're pretty lucky. We were able to visit about 50 affordable housing communities in 14 states and also traveled um, to a few properties here in D.C. as well. So we essentially went from Florida all the way up to Maine and then as far west as Wisconsin and Iowa. So again, as an Australian who has been living in the States for not very long, it was an incredible opportunity for me to not only meet with so many people from such diverse backgrounds, but just to explore so much of this country and of all these states um, and just to learn a lot more about how each state has its own culture and identity um, and people. So along those same lines in all those states, did anything fun or particular spark your memory when you think about your time on the road? Uh, well, I was driving, so... <laughs> I think my favorite part was uh, when we were in Iowa and at some point Moha shouted, we need to pull over. And I was like, what? And she's like, to take a picture of the corn. What do you think? <laughs> but we also met so many incredible people uh, during this entire process. My favorite experience is when we were in Columbus, Ohio, and we met with the community properties of Ohio. Uh, and we met all of these fantastic women who had each come to live there. And in doing so, they also received just a lot of help. They were able to find different jobs. A lot of them were single mothers who needed additional support. And so some of them were actually working on the properties uh, providing help. They have a tutoring session there. They also have like housing for uh, women who were mothers, but also are trying to go to school too. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of made it easier for them to transition from being at school, but also dealing with their housing too, as well. Um, and they were fantastic women that we met. Um, and that's something that we saw just on all fronts of this, really. Yeah, I think to build off what Tai just said, I think the number of people that we were able to meet and just the kindness and openness of them to share their stories and their, and oftentimes their struggles of 
um, why and how they found themselves to require affordable housing um, was so heartbreaking, but it was just so unbelievably generous of them to do that. And I think also to understand just the instability of what their lives look like and what anyone's life looks like in that anyone at any point in their life, something could happen and they could need um, affordable housing. I know that one of the stories that really resonated with me was a man who we met, I think also in, in Toledo, Ohio, who was actually a property manager at a herd assisted public housing mm-hmm. property, you know, had worked there his entire life and then found himself living in affordable housing. So people who have had stable, um, you know, long-term careers um, are also ones who need affordable housing. I mean, like there is a there is a generational wealth mm-hmm. conversation that comes Absolutely. along with this, but I think that it's also important for people to recognize that this literally can happen to anybody. Um, we've talked to people who have had stable jobs and then suddenly found themselves uh, without a job. We've talked to women who they had a divorce uh, and after the marriage split, that meant that they couldn't afford like their housing or like taking care of their children and that just kind of spiraled into themselves. Um, We've talked to people who've gotten very sick. Um, We've talked to people whose parents have gotten really sick. Like these are all like different things that just kind of show that this is a very human issue, you know, and um, it's really important to think about that when we're actually talking about the importance of affordable housing and funding it and giving it the proper resources. What an incredible experience. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So you drove all across I mean, all of these? <laughs> so we, we flew to a location in the state okay. and then drove. We did not drive from Washington, D.C. I was about to say, that's a long have, trip. It might have probably taken more than 10 I months. I think Mohan might have killed me. <laughs> um, although I will say one more, one more highlight I would say is I really enjoyed just the exploration of just trying to find really good food mm-hmm. in every state we went to, which was just so much fun to research and just learn and, you know, ask tips from the local residents, whether it was at our hotel or residents who were interviewing just like, where's good to eat around here? Mm -hmm. Which was always just a really fun and great experience. Yeah, I think that for me, I've always grown up in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Mm -hmm. And while I do put a really huge emphasis on traveling, I think it's really important to travel the world so that way you don't think that you're the center of it, right? And I have traveled to several different countries before, but I had not traveled to many different states within America itself. So being able to actually go to um, like Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, and actually see one, how similar we are, because of course it's America, but also just how different like each of these different locales are. Um, it, was, it was a pretty cool, it was a very cool experience. How did you choose the locations that you went to? What was the preparation behind that? So initially when we began this campaign, our target audience were congressional members who were making the vote on uh, funding and resources for affordable housing. And so we really did think critically about whose constituents we would be reaching Mm -hmm. out to. Um, And so that's what made us decide to choose different states like Maine, for example, or Michigan um, and Iowa, uh, so that we were making sure that we would be able to reach those people who are being affected directly by those decisions that were being made. So Taiyi, what all has the campaign done? 
Um, so, so far we've conducted several resident and staff interviews highlighting the importance of affordable housing and how that's impacted their lives. Uh, but this goes beyond a storytelling campaign. Uh, this is also about building coalition uh, and also giving residents the ability to really speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves. Uh, so we have hosted a resident leadership workshop in DC uh, last year. And this year we've also subgranted a youth leadership workshop in Miami so that those with low income uh, can advocate for affordable housing on the behalf of themselves. Uh, we're also now sharing those stories with our colleagues in the affordable housing industry. Uh, we want our gallery to be a resource for others to use to push for a higher prioritization of funding and resources for affordable housing. Uh, and currently now we're working on our storytelling toolkit uh, to help other organizations successfully integrate resident stories into their efforts. Um, and we've also been working a lot on their get out the vote efforts, making sure that residents understand that um, the other way that they can really speak up for themselves is about voting. So making sure that everybody is registered um, and also, uh, we've supported quite a few events during the housing week of action, which happens once a, once a year around like early, early summer, late spring too. Thank you. And so what, what's next for the campaign? What do you, where else are you going to go? Right now we are focusing on expanding the campaign. Uh, it's easy to think that just the personal stories are really important and mm -hmm. that's it. But affordable housing isn't just a personal story. It's a community story as well. Like yeah. this affects everybody as, as in the long run. So right now uh, we're in the process of collecting uh, community leadership interviews. Uh, Moha and I are actually on our way to Charlottesville to interview some members of city council uh, and city management, uh, as well as um, Piedmont Housing to talk more about um, how the investment of affordable housing and the redevelopment of one of our local properties uh, has really been beneficial to the city as a whole. And so that is pretty much what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, and I think in shifting that focus to not only think about the residents themselves, we're thinking about that broader access of affordable housing to a local community and sort of tying that in with other really important community benefits such as access to health, access to education, and sort of rounding out that conversation, understanding that access to housing um, is not just this one sector issue and is not just in this vacuum or silo, um, and that there are all these other really important high profile issues that also affect the day-to-day -day life of residents in a city, in a community um, that sort of work in, in tandem with access to affordable housing. So what do you hope to accomplish out of this campaign? Yeah, so similar to what I was just saying, sort of capturing this narrative around affordable housing and changing this narrative through the Where We Live campaign is sort of one section of what we're hoping to achieve. We are also building out a, a collaborative and bringing together a whole number of organizations and groups that will help in supporting us to amplify this affordable housing platform issue. Um, and so we're engaging with residents, we're engaging with other multi multifamily housing owners, community leaders, cross-sector organizations and local officials to discuss these needs and concerns that are related to affordable housing, such as education, health, access to opportunity and safety, as well as sustainability issues. Um, and so we recognize that there are a number of other incredible national and local campaigns that are working on this. Um, and so happy that we're seeing that housing affordability is this issue that 
is happening at a local and national level as a discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we appreciate um, the partners that are working on this and, you know, we're sort of supporting each other and engaging on these issues around housing affordability. And I think that the campaign in general has and continues to build and maintain these vital networks of regional um, alliances across the country, each with the goal of sort of increasing civic engagement among residents of affordable housing so that they can advocate for themselves on issues that matter most to them. So who's your targeted audience for the Where Will We Live campaign? Sure. The overall goal for the Where Will We Live campaign uh, is to highlight the need for Uh, funding and resources for affordable housing. And so naturally, that means that congressional members are one of our primary audiences. They're the ones who can make the change. Um, But our secondary audience, these are the people who can uh, influence our our decision makers. That's our general public. Those are our um, advocates. Those are our constituents. That's anybody who can really speak up and recognize that affordable housing really is uh, a foundation for success in so many different areas. Uh, that we really need to focus on. So if the listeners out there want to watch these videos and watch your journey through the Where Will We Live campaign, where can they go and check this out? Sure. Uh, Everybody can view our story gallery on our website, which is www.wherewillwelive.org. Thank you. Uh, Are you guys working on any other policy initiatives or campaigns right now? Um, So I'm currently working on a storytelling toolkit to actually help other organizations uh, continue to uh, successfully integrate our resident stories within uh, their advocacy efforts. Um, So we're looking forward to launching that at the beginning of 2020. And I think, you know, in general, we as the National Housing Trust are always working on more policy issues around affordable housing. Um, And so through the Where We Live campaign, we Uh, in the last couple of years have done two resident leadership workshops, one here in DC for local residents and then one for the youth leaders um, in Miami. So hoping to continue that work around actively engaging residents in their community um, and allowing them to see themselves as leaders in their community to, you know, activate change. And I think generally as, as the trust, you know, our state and federal policy initiatives to preserve affordable housing are always working towards creating sustainable and vibrant communities for low-income families, and we hope to continue to do that for years to come. Well, thank you again to the National Housing Trust's Moha Takor and Tai Coates. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Caitlin Harris, and thank you for listening to NALFA's Affordable Housing Podcast.